Okay, we're ready to get started. Okay, this is the last third class in what I would like to attempt to do this period to try to bring it all together. And I want you to think about what we've been talking about this morning. And then we're going to try to try to take those highlights and re-remind ourselves of the importance of understanding how these days are quickly flying, how it applies to us. What can we do about it is the mic not working? Is that better? Okay. Thanks for letting me know that. But I want us to—I want us to just do that. I want us to think about what we've been talking about. I want to bring it back, bring it all together, because you know what? There's going to be a time, and as we think about it, that tomorrow, about this time. This statement is from one who knows both the day and the hour. He knows the minute and the second. Because God possesses the ability to bring to pass all that he has predetermined. Now why do we use the expression tomorrow about this time? Why do we use that? Okay, we're going to talk about that. That's what I want us to focus on this period. You're going to have in the back of your minds what we've been talking about the first two classes. But I want you to be thinking about tomorrow, about this time. Remember in the Old Testament, Exodus, let's go there, Exodus chapter 9. Verse 18 said, and this was Pharaoh saying, Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail, which, I'm sorry, he didn't say that. Tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail, which has not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof until now. This was said to to Pharaoh. He said, Tomorrow about this time this is going to happen on Egypt has not been done since the beginning of time. And then in Joshua chapter 11, look what was said there. Let's go to Joshua. Okay. Verse 6. And the Lord said to Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up slain before Israel. Thou shalt hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So the expression... Tomorrow, about this time, is in Scripture. And it's in other places, too. Alright, it's a phrase. It always has with it a directive. It has an answer. It has an idea. Okay? The phrase is beautiful when you think about it. 
when it's pronounced by the word of God. Now, when you think about tomorrow, about this time, that expresses to me truth, influence, assurance. Tomorrow, about this time. Here, it was said to Pharaoh, and and Joshua heard it, it was said tomorrow about this time. Okay? Go and see what Jezebel said about this. Let's go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings, chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. It says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. The words of Jezebel were words without power. We know what happened to Jezebel. We understand it, but Jezebel was saying, I'm going to do all this to you about this time tomorrow. You're going to see it. Words without power. They carried no effectual meaning. And look about Ben-Hadad. It's over in the first Kings. We're, we're there. Let's go to chapter 20. Here's how somebody else has used the expression. Verse 5 and 6. The messengers came again and said, Thus speak Ben-Hadad, saying, Although I have sinned unto thee, saying, Thou shalt deliver me thy silver and thy gold and thy wives and thy children, yet I will send my servants to thee tomorrow about this time, and they shall search thine house and the house of all thy servants, and it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in thine eyes, they shall put it in their hand and take it away. He said, thee, said this, Be done to thee tomorrow about this time. Words that didn't mean anything. But they were used. This is important. How we use our words. How we use our words. Do they carry purpose? Do they promote the truth? Are they an example of the life that we have been living that is in conformity with the truth or not in conformity with the truth? Words are very, very important. Words carry power, influence, and they can carry construction or destruction. How this expression was used in Scripture, which we're looking at now, tomorrow, about this time, will convey either construction or destruction. It can convey happiness or unhappiness. It can convey joy or it can convey grief. It can convey a happy expectation of something or it can convey something of sorrow. Their words, Jezebel and Ben-Hadad, never became a reality because they were in conflict. They were in conflict with the purpose and the power of Yahweh. They were in conflict. The days in which we're living today, the words that are being spoken by the world today are in 
conflict with the instructions of Yahweh. That is something that is a part of the fulfillment of the prophecy. The days are quickly flying. You can see it. You can put your arms around it. And you can see what's going on. Don't embrace it. Just know that it's there. Okay, think about this now. There were those that spoke the words that were waverers. What does it mean to be a waverer? Well, let's look at what Saul said in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Chapter 9. Verse 15-16. Now the Lord had told... The Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people because their cries come unto me. Okay? Now then, over in Samuel 13, first of all, we see this happening. Now go to Samuel 13, for Samuel 13 says, And the spoilers came out to the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned to the one way and led it to Ophir in the land of Shaul. And the other company turned to the way to Bethlehem. And another company turned away to the border that looked for the valley of Zebron towards the wilderness. They didn't trust what was being told. They wavered. Samuel did as he was instructed. Saul was a waverer. Saul didn't keep it. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 6 about this. We talked about it earlier this morning. Hot or cold. 33 and 34. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and the righteousness and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought of the morrow for the morrow should take thought of the things of it. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient is today. Don't worry about how evil it's going to be tomorrow because it's sufficient enough today. Okay? Faithful. God works centuries ahead of us. He has already determined today's outcome. He's telling us don't waver. Be steadfast today. Somebody told me yesterday, uh, if I can remember it, yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. And that's why it's present. <clears throat> I don't know if any of y'all heard that or not. Yesterday was the first time I heard that. How fitting that is when you think about tomorrow, about this time. Right now, we are to live in today. We are to be alert today. We are to be ready today to give an answer of the faith and the hope that lies within us today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. Worry about today. You can't change yesterday. You can't change tomorrow. You can't do anything about them. Live for today. Because these days are going so fast you don't have time to think about tomorrow because you want to be ready today. You want to be prepared. 
You want to have yourself ever alert and watching and waiting for those things that are coming upon the face of the earth that will point to the return of Christ and the setting up. You have the unregenerate type of class of people. You have those that are the evil ones. Jehoram was within them. And you have the waverers, those that were like a mockingbird. Okay, these are the three different classes that are involved. These are the kinds of things we're seeing today. We have those that are ungenerate like the Syrians were. They could care less. They could wipe it out. They didn't care what God said. They didn't care what anybody else said. They lived for themselves. You have those that are evil. You have those that were waverers. They couldn't make up their mind one way or the other. They said, yep, that's right. Or, well, I think that's right. No, that's, that's not right. Well, yes, it is right. No, it's not right. Back and forth. Have you ever seen somebody like that? Ever dealt with somebody like that? What's the bottom line? Let's just go, go right to it. The days are quickly flying. These classes are here today. They were there back yonder, and they are here today. And they're going to be here until Christ returns. We need to be aware of that. We need, need to know that. Because man is futile in his boasting. Let's look at some examples of the vanity of the minds of what they're thinking about they're going to do tomorrow. Go to Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. Now the book of Proverbs has a lot of good instruction. And we can get a lot of good things out of Proverbs. Chapter 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Boast not, it says, thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Don't say, I'm going to do this tomorrow. How many times have you done that? Tomorrow we're going to do this, and next week we're going to do that, and it never happens. Something else gets in the way. Something else changes our mind. Rather, be concerned about today. Be concerned about how you're being challenged today and how you're going to overcome that challenge. Be concerned about how somebody may hear one or two words that you said that will make their lives turn around and maybe embrace the truth. I'm going to tell you a story. Many, many years ago, in my wife's family, her grandfather was invited to some people's homes in New England. And the mother and father had two daughters. And the mother and father sent the two daughters upstairs to go to bed when he came over because they were interested in the truth. And he spent many nights going over there speaking to the parents. The parents finally said, you know what, we don't think we want to have any part of this, so you don't need to come anymore. Two daughters upstairs didn't go to bed. They were listening through the register in the floor what was being said. Well, a few years later, they sought out someone to teach them the truth. A few short time after that, they were baptized. The original instructor never knew this. He died. Think about when he's resurrected. Think about what words he must have said to make them realize the importance of what he was teaching. More so than their parents. 
Don't speak in vanity about what you're going to do tomorrow. Think about it today. Be that influence. Say those words that may encourage somebody. Or maybe some people. Because it can happen. And you may not even know it. But your words are there. Look at uh, Haman over in Esther, chapter 5. You know, sometimes uh, you come up and you pick up a Bible to come give a talk with. But sometimes you think that uh, a chapter's been left out. But you have a hard time finding it. That ever happened to anybody else? But you know, Haman was a, a proud person. Haman was the one that was saying that, you know, in this particular chapter, he's saying that, guess what? I'm the only one that was invited to come between the, the king and the queen. I'm going there to have a real good time. Because I'm so important. And you know what? He learned differently how important he was. He was saying words that were vain, useless words. Words that really didn't fit what was going on. He wasn't even realizing what was being said behind his back, how the plans were going. He was happy to say, wow, look how great I am. Look how good I am. Let's just go. I'm all excited about it. So, anyway, Esther 5.12 says that Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king to the banquet that she had prepared but myself. But tomorrow I'm invited unto her also with the king. And in other words, Haman was saying... He was thinking that tomorrow was going to be a real good thing. And he was boasting about tomorrow. But you know, Haman learned a sad lesson. Haman did not meet up to the expectation that he thought he was going to do. He was more concerned about being going to that banquet and trying to be the most important person in the kingdom than, than anything else. He wasn't paying attention to what was going on today. He was out of it. Now go to Isaiah chapter 56. <clears throat> We're going to look at verses 9 through 12. It says, All ye beasts of the field, come ye to devour, yea, all ye beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they are all dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough and there are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine and will fill ourselves with strong rig and tomorrow we shall be as this day and much more abundant. It's going to be a whole bunch better tomorrow. Let's plan on it. Let's have a whole, let's have a party. And tomorrow's going to be better than today. These were futile boasting. What about the 40 Jews in Acts 23? That's a story, I don't know if you all remember it or not. There were 40 Jews that made an oath that they wouldn't eat until they killed the Apostle Paul. 
The Apostle Paul was told that and he was secretly taken out of the city and they had to go back on their word. They had to either eat or die. They had vain, boasting words, these 40 Jews. It's an interesting story. Read it in Acts 23. And keep in mind about the lesson of this morning, about tomorrow, about this time. <clears throat> We're exhorted by Brother James in his fourth chapter. And I want us to go there. James chapter 4, verses 13 and 16. James chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 13 to 16. It says, Go to now, ye that say tomorrow, today or tomorrow we will do, go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is in your life? What is your life? It's a vapor. It appears for a little time and suddenly vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. Don't boast of the things of tomorrow, but instead apply the wisdom of the things we have today. Use what we have. Use what our learning has been. Use what our understanding is. Use what we know about the truth to apply it to our lives today. Don't worry about tomorrow. If you apply it today, you're going to apply it tomorrow. But do it today. We have to do that. We have days that are on us right now that if we don't apply those things to the truth, we're going to be swept away. Are we aware of that? I hope so. I hope so. Because tomorrow will take care of itself when it's here. Today. Use the wisdom we have today. It says... The words of Apostle Paul is found in Hebrews 3. I think they drive home the importance of how we should be conducting ourselves. Hebrews 3. Let's just go there. <clears throat> Hebrews 3. We're going to look at verses 12 to 15. It says, saying, whoops, uh, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily when, while it is called what? Today. Exhort one another while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. <clears throat> it says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. For while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Don't be hardened and walk away from it. Live for today. And you know, sometimes today gives us things we don't like to think about. Sometimes we say, boy, I sure hope I don't have that happen tomorrow. Has that ever happened before? Well, why did that happen today to me? But you know what? Have you ever in your life 
had some really trying times, really difficult situations. And you lived through them. Then a couple of years later, all of a sudden you experience something and you say, you know what? Now I know, I, now I know why that happened a few years ago. Why we were challenged like that then. Because it helps me answer the question today. Now I know why I went through that trial. Because it helped me today. But I had to live that trial then, that day. How I handled it that day would be that influence years later to help you decide on another decision. And it isn't as hard as it was the last time. But you're living for today. You're using what you have today. You're experiencing what you've learned today. So you can use that experience to help you. And that's what we need to do. Today, if it says, if you will hear his voice. Don't wait to say, I'll hear it tomorrow. Hear his voice today. Listen to the inspired scriptures today. Make sure that signal fire is lit to keep you alert to those impending evils that may be coming upon you. Listen to his voice today. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Don't say, well, tomorrow I think I'll sit down and do this and this for the truth. Do it today. If you have in your heart to write an article for the advocate, for the truth clearance, do it today. Because you may not have that thought tomorrow. Do it today, while it is today. Profess your life in Christ today. Let your example of living in a life as Christ Jesus would have us live be done today. Why is today important? We're told in Psalm 95, today, if you will hear his voice, we just mentioned that, okay? It says, if we are to enter to his rest, we have to follow the and respect the principles found in the Spirit word today. We don't put it off. We want to enter into his rest. We want for him to be saying, Welcome. Come in and enjoy the pleasures of thy Lord. Today is how you do it. Today. So why is today important? Well, today has within it completeness. Completeness. If we do it today, we've completed it. Why is today important? Because it conveys a note of finality. Because it's today. It's not tomorrow, it's today. Tomorrow something else. Today is the day we live in. It denotes a finality. It concentrates on what? It concentrates on now. It concentrates on the present. And the present right now we need to be concentrating on. The narrative of the Christ return, the setting of the kingdom is right now. It's right now we need to be thinking about it. We need to be preparing for it. We need to concentrate on it. 
It's a time for opportunity. Today is a time for opportunity, not tomorrow. Today is a time. All right? Because when today passes, opportunity passes. Ever think about that? The purpose of day of today has finished. You know, God has given us today. He's given it to us. He's given us today. He says he gives us three score and ten. Think about this. If he gives us three score and ten, that's approximately 25,500 today. He's given us. Does that mean then we must apply them wisely? We must use them wisely? Because there's 25,499 tomorrows. Think about that. We got 25,500 todays. But of those todays, we've only got one. The tomorrows don't belong to us. There's 25,499 tomorrows. See why it's important to live for today? See why it's important to get yourself prepared today? See why it's important to be happy with today? Not worried about it? Because the tomorrows belong to God. We may not live three score and ten. Or we may live three score and ten and more if it be the grace of God to give it to us. I know some of y'all in here have made it past three score and ten. Have you done the math to see how many todays you had? <clears throat> so need, do we need to fear and doubt what tomorrow may bring? We need to be prepared for it. But do we need to fear it? Do we need to doubt what tomorrow may bring? <clears throat> there are many matters that we know that have to take our attention in planning things out, like our families, our employment, our retirement. I had to say that. <clears throat> many practical things. Many practical things, okay? There are matters that we have to pay attention to. Absolutely. We have to. But we do it today. We prepare today. So, when we think about today, are our hearts firmly anchored upon God? Are they firmly anchored upon God? Are we fully entrenched in embracing the truth that has been given to us through the Scripture? Are we convinced that the days are quickly flying? Are we convinced of that today? Are our hearts anchored in that today? If they're not, why not? Why aren't we ready today? Why can't we be ready today? What's holding us back? Or are we just too restless to joy the life of Christ? Are we too restless to prepare ourselves? Are we too restless today? Or 
Are we too busy worrying about tomorrow, which is not ours? It's not ours. To give proper attention today, which is that time out of destiny, which our destiny is fashioned. Pay attention today. What we do today is what fashions our eternal destiny. How we handle today makes it real, makes it worthwhile, makes it encouraging and exciting. Go to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Beginning of verse 29. 21 beginning of verse 20. 29. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass away until all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any times your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so let that day, that day, that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, so shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and stand before the Son of Man. And in that day, time, he was teaching in the temple, and all night he went out in the boat of the mount that is called the Mount of Olives, and all the people came early in the morning, to him in the temple for to hear him. Watch ye therefore the days in which we're living. Today. Watch today. Be ready today. Don't be worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow's not going to make that big of an impact on your destiny. Today does. Be ready. Christ is telling us here in these verses to be watchful, to be ready, to be alert. Today. He was talking to him on a day. He didn't talk half and half. He talked about today. Ready today. <clears throat> Attitudes and actions are determined by what we consider highest priorities in life. Our attitude and our actions. What we consider the highest priority will determine our attitude and how we're going to respond to what's presented to us in life. And we handle it today. We handle it today. The greatest gift we could ever receive is what? Knowledge and acceptance of the truth. The potential for our greatest good is with us right now, today, for when tomorrow's blessing. But it's here today. How are we going to use it today? The potential for greatest good 
is with us now today. We need to strengthen that today. We need to use that today. What we have learned of the truth, we need to use it today. Apply it to conditions that are about us today. Ready to use it today. If you use it today, you don't have to worry about tomorrow's blessings. If you use it and apply it in the way that God has directed us to do it. So worry about today. We have in Christ the hope of eternal, joyful existence. That is the greatest good. Okay? Now, are we ready today for the call to judgment seat? Perhaps tomorrow. Are we ready today for that call to the judgment seat? Are we ready today? But perhaps it could happen tomorrow. We don't know. The question is, are we ready today? Will we be prepared when the trumpet sounds, the calls us? Do we put off tomorrow what we should be doing today? So if so, when will the reality of tomorrow motivate us today? When will we be motivated to live and work and pray and study today? What's going to take us to mo- take it to motivate us to do that? What's going to motivate us to embrace the gospel today more fervently than we did 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago? What's going to motivate us today? That's what we got to look at. <clears throat> because you see, it could come upon us unawares if we don't prepare today. One day the Father will command His Son tomorrow about this time one day he's going to direct his son tomorrow about this time go call call him in send forth the trumpet sound tomorrow about this time And we won't know that. We're living for today. We are preparing today. We are making ourselves ready today to heed Christ's command from His Father. He may say that. One day that's going to happen. Are we ready for that? And on that day and not the four. It says, Behold, the day shall burn like an oven and all the proud and arrogant. Yea, and all that do wickedly and are lawless shall be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that I will leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you who revere and worship, you fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, in his beams, and he shall go forth and frolic like calves released from the stall and leap for joy. In that day, but that day we have to get ready for today. And when we see how quickly the days are flying, today won't last very long. So we need to work in it today. Be active in it. <clears throat> because 
Give earnest heed to the things of the truth today. Lead the cares and concerns for tomorrow in the hands of one greater than any one of us. Do that today. Now I'd like to, our time is about up, a few minutes left. I would like to reiterate some scriptures that will be taught on at the upcoming Bible school, Lord willing. Go over to Hebrews. Believe it or not, Brother Ernie, these were verses that I had picked out. <laughs> Hebrews 10. <clears throat> Beginning of verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. They're also going to use, and I didn't have this, but verse 37, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. So are we ready today for him that will not tarry? Well, I, I pray that we all are alert to how these days are quickly flying. Well, I think our class is over. So we'll stop at this point.